Welcome to r slash pro revenge, where a bully gets a dose of his own medicine. Our next Reddit post is from Extra Chaotic Good. I'm a 15-year-old woman, and I've had a long and elaborate history with injuries, especially breaking my arm. Starting from literally the day that I was born, my health has been complicated. I've had a few conditions, but none serious enough to impact my daily life. I have a very weak immune system, and my bones break somewhat easily. On top of that, I am the definition of clumsy. I'm also a huge idiot who gets herself into dangerous situations for fun. My mom, who's 40, has obviously known me from birth, and she knows the extent of my weird luck and health issues. I've broken my arms a collective 13 times over my entire life. And almost every time that I get injured or sick, it seems like somebody had something to say about it. I don't know why, but teachers just love to say that students who get hurt often are attention-seeking fakers. And a lot of my relationships with authority figures have been hurt because of this. Every time it's the same. For some reason, a teacher just doesn't believe me. They call me a liar in front of everyone, I get bullied for a while, and then I have to try to prove that I'm not faking. I could post so many stories about teachers doing this, but this is a story about the time that my mom actually managed to get revenge. This all took place at around 7th grade. I was 12 years old at the time, and I had broken my wrist by climbing on top of something that I wasn't supposed to and then falling off like a moron. My wrist was in a Velcro cast since I am very allergic to the regular cast material, as the doctors figured out through many cases of trial and error. And then we have my teacher, Miss Karen, who taught history, and our personalities clashed a bit. I'm more of a creative, adventurous, free-thinker type, and she was very conservative, by the book, and proper. We never had any real issues before this. We just didn't mesh well. She was absent one day and we had a sub in. I knew the sub as one of my teacher's friends and one of my bully's mom. I didn't like her, but I was still respectful in class and I just tried to get my work done. She got me in trouble for doodling on paper once or twice, but other than that, everything was fine. Or so I thought. The next day I went to class like usual. We were working on an assignment about Egypt when Mrs. Karen called me over to her desk. I went over thinking that she would just chew into me for drawing on the back of my homework or something, only to get bombarded with a bunch of really weird questions. So, OP, do you know why I've called you up here? No, ma'am. I can't say that I do. How long have you had that cast? About a week now. Why? Do you really need that cast? Uh, yeah? Well, the substitute told me that she saw you take it off. It's a cast. I can't take it off. It would hurt. So, if I asked the class, they would say that you need the cast? Yes. And if I called your parents right now, they'd say the same thing? Yeah, they were the ones who took me to the hospital. And to make matters worse, she was doing this in front of the entire class. I was eventually dismissed, and people looked at me weird for the rest of the class. As I later learned, apparently the substitute had told Mrs. Karen that I had taken off my cast as soon as I left the class. To be clear, I didn't, and she said that I threw it in my locker like, Haha, I'm getting away with doing less work. So, basically, she pretended that I was the bad guy in some sucky high school movie. I don't know why the substitute teacher said this, but it had my teacher convinced that I was a liar and a fake. 
I technically could have removed my cast since it was Velcro, but that would have been extremely painful, and it's not like I could just walk around without it. I wasn't going to make a big deal about it at the time, but it turns out Mrs. Karen was serious about calling my parents. However, she made the mistake of calling my mom. Now, me and my mother don't have a perfect relationship, but she always loves me very much, and she doesn't like people like this mess with me if she can stop it. According to my mom, Mrs. Karen called my mom all cocky and said things like, Apparently your daughter is wearing a cast. Did you know that? And, Well, we all know how dramatic teenage girls can be, especially unique kids like her. Mrs. Karen apparently even threatened to have me suspended before my mom stopped her and tore her to shreds for talking about her child like that. I don't know if I'm allowed to repeat what was said here, but by the end, Mrs. Tablet had to retreat with her tail tucked between her legs. She started being even more cold to me after that day and started giving me unfair detention for not sitting still and doodling on the side of my worksheets. Even then, outside of school, we went to the same art studio sometimes. There, Mrs. Karen poisoned the art director against me and got me put into a lower class. When my mom found out about this, she started the real revenge. My mom has never been a PTA mom. She honestly can't stand most of the PT members. And their kids are chosen as favorites at my school and use this power to bully others, including me and my friends. My mom is, however, friends with a very lovely woman on the county school board, which has way more power than the PTA. She told her friend everything that happened and supplied all the doctor's notes needed to prove that I needed my cast. Her friend managed to convince the rest of the board that Mrs. Karen was discriminating against an impaired student, along with giving detentions related to me not sitting still when she knew that I had nervous movement and slight ADHD. At the art studio, my mother pulled me from the classes, and I took it upon myself to inform the fellow kids about why, and the rumor spread quickly. Soon enough, kids were getting pulled left and right, and my art teacher was pulling at strings to try to get the situation under control. I actually think the studio was temporarily shut down before reopening again. Mrs. Karen was suspended for a week while under investigation, and it turns out she treated a lot of the unique students a similar way. She was verbally reprimanded by two different departments, and instead of getting a standard raise over the next three years, she only got half of that. Not only that, but she also had to retake a course on how to properly treat students. And if she's ever caught to cross this line again, she'll lose tenure. She'll just be getting her bonus back at the start of next school year. And i just like to say that I hope she learned her lesson. Today's episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN. As a content creator, I have to take my online privacy very seriously. That's why I use ExpressVPN as my VPN service. VPNs hide your searches from your internet service provider, and it also protects you from hackers as well. Have you ever been to a coffee shop and connect your phone to their public Wi-Fi? You have no idea who else might be connected to that Wi-Fi. If you're behind a VPN, your device will be protected. Basically, ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers, so others can't see what you're doing online. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash slash to get an extra three months free for a one-year package. 
That's expressvpn.com and then the symbol slash followed by the word slash. Our next way to post is from Slick Head Singer. I'm a teacher, and when I was younger, I would take summer jobs to supplement my income. One summer, I worked for a bricklayer named Jerry, and I heard an amazing story. I worked for Jerry in the mid-90s, so the story either happened in the early 90s or in the 80s. Here goes. The setting for this story was a community of small rural towns that only had one brick contractor. Jerry began his career as a bricklayer working for this contractor, a real jerk. Jerk and the jerk's son, who was an adult working this business with his father, would harass, belittle, and humiliate their employees on a regular basis. No work was ever good enough, and employees were told that they weren't worth what they were paid. Not only did Jerk mistreat his employees, but he was equally rude to the other subcontractors and to the general contractors who hired him. Since Jerk was the only bricklayer in the community, there was nothing anyone could do about it. Needless to say, the turnover rate for this brick business was very high. The only person that kept working with Jerk was Jerry. Jerry told me that his father had instilled a self-confidence in him that Jerry could do anything he set his mind to, and that he shouldn't evaluate himself according to what others said, but rather by the facts. Although Jerry was belittled by Jerk and Son, just like all the other employees, Jerry was becoming a very good bricklayer. Jerry knew that he was good. Jerk knew that Jerry was good. But Jerk didn't know that Jerry knew that he was good. Not only was Jerry a good bricklayer, he was very respectful to the boss who disrespected him. Jerk thought that Jerry was a naive pushover who was buying into his head games. That would prove to be a huge mistake on Jerk's part. One day, Jerry was doing an exceptionally good job of laying brick. Not only was his craftsmanship amazing, he was laying brick at a high rate of speed, so he was making his boss lots of money. Of course, Jerk and Son were belittling his work as though he was doing the very opposite. This scenario was being watched by the general contractor of the project. After work that day, the general contractor asked Jerry to stay behind so he could talk to him. Just like every other construction worker in that community, the general contractor hated working with Jerk. The general contractor told Jerry that he had heard Jerk and Son belittling him, and he told him that he completely disagreed with everything Jerk was saying. He asked Jerry if he had ever considered going into business for himself. Jerry said, yeah, he would like to do that someday. The general contractor then said that he would loan Jerry the money to buy a mixer, which was the most expensive piece of equipment needed to start a brick business if Jerry would indeed start that business. The only catch was that Jerry would have to pay him back for the mixer as soon as he could, and that he would subcontract under the general contractor. Jerry agreed to these terms, and he prepared to begin his new venture. Jerry respectfully told Jerk and Son about his plans, and he gave his two weeks' notice. The two jerks mocked Jerry ruthlessly, and they laughed at him. They told him, You'll be back in two months begging to return to your old job. You'll never make it as a subcontractor. Two months later, rather than collapsing as Jerk predicted, Jerry was still in business and going strong. One year later, Jerry's business was booming, and a drunk Jerk showed up to Jerry's house and begged him to come back to work. Jerry, you're the best employee I ever had! Jerry replied, why didn't you ever tell me that when I was working for you? The Jerk couldn't answer the question, and Jerry obviously didn't accept the offer of employment. 
Two years after beginning his entrepreneurial adventure, Jerry heard that Jerk and Son went out of business. Jerry said that he never intended to harm Jerk and Son when he accepted the general contractor's offer. He said that, looking back on things, he realized that he had become Jerk's greatest nightmare. I can't say for sure that the general contractor intended no harm. I thought the most amazing thing about this story was how Jerry maintained his self-esteem in spite of all this ridicule. I also gained respect for Jerry's father, who instilled an unshakable confidence in Jerry. Yeah, the thing that I find most impressive about this story is that if Jerk had just kept his mouth shut and not openly ridiculed Jerry in front of the contractor, then he'd probably still have his business. Because the only reason why this happened was because the jerk just had to be a jerk in front of other people. Our next Reddit post is from It's Taco Tuesday. I used to enter recipe competitions for fun as a bored housewife. I was good at finding them online. I had a system. I knew what the promoters wanted, and I usually won. So some guy starts some kind of health and fitness website and runs a recipe competition to promote it. I send in a recipe, a bootable if you're wondering, and like usual, I'm announced the winner. Congratulations, OP, you've won $1,000. They don't usually offer a cash prize, but okay, awesome. Except the owner never comes up with the money and just ghosts me instead. I decide to send him one last message and just move on with my life. I say that I can use the recipe and photo again since it was never published. The guy finally responds and he's hostile. I'm like, sorry, what? Then he proceeds to threaten me with his goons like, Oh, I know people in Sydney who will mess you up. The guy thinks I'm in Sydney for some reason. I tell him to just forget it. I already accepted that I'll never see the money. I started googling this guy, and I came to find out that he's a complete moron. He's a proper gym bro tough guy with no social skills. I also discovered that he's opening a taco shop in Sydney. I infiltrated his Facebook friends list with my Creeper account. I added a whole bunch of his friends and family first so I would show us having friends in common, and then I used my new position to gather intel. I made a Google account with his mother's name and photo. Yes, I really am that creepy. And I left reviews saying that the tacos tasted like someone farted directly into my mouth. Then I made a glitter bomb using a greeting card that opens landscape style with like tissue paper pouch full of glitter glued to the insides. Then I sent it to him at his restaurant. I googled his email address and I found his post on Gumtree looking for a chef. So I make a new email address and I'm like, hey, I'm a friend of some guy he's friends with on Facebook and they mentioned you're opening a taco shop. I'm moving to Sydney and I was a chef at my uncle's Mexican restaurant. Do you have any jobs available? You do? Oh, how exciting. Will you please give me a chance? Great. I look forward to working for you. Every single day, I had a credible excuse to not show up. And I milked that until he was just about done with my nonsense. Then I left a message with an employee. The message was, OP can't come into work today because the owner didn't give OP her prize for the recipe competition that he ran on his failed website and then threatened her with violence. And then I waited for him to contact me. He was a little upset. I confessed to everything, messing with him, the petty stuff, the canceled orders, all of it. He told me he would pay me if I stopped. I declined the offer. 
I said I would rather have $1,000 worth of fun at his expense. Maybe next time, don't threaten people with your goons. I said that I might never get bored of this. And the last thing I ever said to him was, every time you have a bad day, you're going to wonder if I was somehow involved. OP, you got more principles than me. I would have taken the 1K and they just kept up. That was r slash pro revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.